Welcome to Pull the Pin Ready Bootcamp Edition. I'm your host, Jim. With me here, as usual, is Mike. And our special guest today is Johnny. Johnny, John, John. What's up, John? Hello, everyone. Oh, not much. Like, like, uh, like I was saying, man, just uh, transitioning out of Germany, preparing for the next chapter in life, um, heading back to, to Portland, of all places. Apparently a battleground. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah. What yeah, we love it out is, there, though. There's probably more combat in Portland than there is where you're leaving now, right? Uh, <laughs> that's almost guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long were you over there? Um, just over two years. Just over two years. I got here uh, May 2019. Okay. Not the same company, right? From what you no, know? no, different oh, company. company. Different company. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the job? Are you leaving because of the job, or just time to go? No, it's it's just time to go. Um, I guess uh, you know, new administration, new priorities, uh, less funding for DoD. So um, they're they're cutting they're cutting contracts, and unfortunately, we're one of the ones that get hit. But uh, it's okay. It's, it's it's time to go. We had we had as much fun as we could, but yeah. Oh, so the family was there with you? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. A couple of pictures I did see. I thought they were visiting over. Mm. Okay. Um, no, yeah, they were they were here the whole time. It was actually really nice. Um, I mean, with you know doing all the contracting for you know, what like almost eight years in Afghanistan. Uh, yeah. You know, prior, um, Corona was actually kind of a blessing. We got to have a lot more family time, uh, make yeah. up for a lot of lost time. You know, yeah. plus you know two two young daughters, brand new baby. So it was it was actually really really good for us. It's good. It's real good. Happy that for you, man. That doesn't sound much different than the Air Force, right? No, not at all. It's actually it's uh, very, very much the same. Smooth transition, right? Yeah. <laughs> Smooth transition means no transition. All you do is take off a uniform. So, what did you do in the uh, Air Force? Uh, so, I was a EOD tech in the Air Force. Um, I was in uh, I was enlisted for six years, and then I got out and started contracting. Oh, okay. EOD is electronic operator. Detector, what? Um, I think egos on display, or everyone's divorced. Oh, uh, explosive <laughs> ordnance disposal. There you, there you go. <laughs> you have some people out there like, really, really? <laughs> I, I was gonna let that one go, and I'm glad I did because there's some stuff I hadn't heard there. <laughs> Jim is writing them down for the next Air Force vet that comes on. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna be doing the same thing you said when you get to uh, Portland. Um, no, I think I'm actually going to try and transition out of the defense sector. Um, it's, really? it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Um, I've had a lot of fun. I really enjoy what I'm doing. I love instructing. Uh, I love developing training. Um, all that was great. It gave me, you know, good, good set of skills to yeah. move forward with, but, um, I think I'm ready to just do something normal. Uh, not be around <laughs> military folks all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're not going to be near a base or anything? Um, no, I think the, the closest base, active base, is going to be, uh, you know, Lewis McCord up in Washington State. Yeah. I think yeah. there's an Air National Guard base close to me at the, at the airport there in Portland. But other than that, I don't, I don't know. Not planning on anything. So. Yeah. I hear you. So. You going to start yeah. your own autonomous zone or what, how's that work? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about it, but I'd have to get, to get more resources and start recruiting heavily. Mm. <laughs> hey, you need to defund the police up there, man. 
I mean, I think they already did. I mean, didn't they didn't they start a fire in the mayor's apartment up there? <laughs> yeah. I swear they did. <laughs> and nobody showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no investigation needed, right? No, no. Yeah. So what do you think about that? This old defund the police crap that's going around? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a powerful statement that I don't agree with. Um, yeah. I, I can I, I mean I, I can I can understand some things to a certain extent. Um but I mean defunding the police you're basically just calling for a, a portion of anarchy, right? Like yeah. you know, who do you, who do you, who do you call when you get in trouble? And I mean, I don't really want to have to call anybody cuz I don't want to be in an area where I'm going to be in trouble, but obviously right. if if that old safety net isn't there for for society. I mean, I don't know. I think I don't think they really understand what they're asking for to be honest. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a utopian mindset. Like, there's going to be a vacuum. If you take away the law enforcement, even if they're corrupt and crooked, somebody's going to fill their void. Somebody's yeah. going to have to be in charge. Somebody's going to have to control it. So I think these people are, I don't know, maybe they're libertarians. I don't know. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. Oh, look, a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let me ask you so what do you think about the the state of america today there johnny um i don't know man all i see is what's on the news that i barely watch i mean i've been i've been away for so long um i don't know i don't know what's what right's supposed to look like to to be honest i mean that's good you say that because and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on because I think we've talked about things like this when we was over in the stand, right? About how we're yeah. not, we're not, you know, there right now. So everything we get is from maybe a certain family member we might talk to every once in a while, but mainly off of social media and these news outlets that are online. So yeah. just going from that perspective, what do you think about the state of America? I mean, from the outside looking in, it looks like a giant dumpster fire, but. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know that it's not. I, I I know that. I mean, from family members, you know, on you know my side, my wife's right. side, uh, friends that are in the states. I mean, obviously, you know what what's what's going to sell? Um, panic, fear, right? And so yeah. I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of it's overblown. You know, I think most people, if they were to just have conversation with their neighbors, are going to find that everything's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not it's not really that bad. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that there's no problems. There's absolutely some things that need to be addressed, but um, I just don't think it's as bad as what a lot of the the mainstream media, if that's what you want to call them now, um, are, are putting out. Yeah, what what about over there? I was curious because um, you know I've always been curious. You know, I've in the military, I traveled a lot, and I always had the the American perception thrown on me. So what do you, what do people, you know, you're, you're in Germany, right? What do people yep. there, like, what do you hear from, from people like that as they're looking at America? Um, I mean, I guess, I guess it just depends on who you talk to. I mean, they have just a diverse opinion over here as, as they do. I mean, um, I would say the biggest thing obviously recently is, you know, whenever somebody brings up politics, they're like, all right, no more Trump. It's now Biden. And I'm like, I don't know what's worse. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> but I, I asked that because, too, they've got to get their news from somewhere as well. I mean, they're obviously, they're not yeah. here. So I'd be curious to where they all get the news from over there. 
BBC. Um, I mean, they, yeah, they, they, it's, um, it's. I mean, BBC. I guess for for the for the British folks, but um, I'm not sure what the what the news stations are here in German because obviously they're in German and I don't I don't sprecke. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's where they that's where a lot of them get their news from. Probably just like us, uh, different internet sources, blogs, you know, social media. Um, I would say, you know, beyond uh, politics between, you know, which president is messing us up at the time, um, it's that's number one. And number two is uh, America's response to Corona, because it was it was quite different here in Germany. How so? so? Um, I think by nature, Germans are rule followers. And oh, yeah. so when they started imposing lockdowns, um, you know. Germans didn't really have a problem with it. They were like, hey, you know, th those are the rules. We have to follow the rules. And, you know, um, I, I think their their response to it, um, at least from, from my perception here, was pretty good. You know, to, to be honest, uh, you know, a lot more a lot more safety measures sooner. Mm. Um, I mean, everywhere had their problems and in, in their infections. But, I mean, throughout, throughout the entire time, um, I don't think we ever felt really unsafe. Mm. There was a, a word I heard today. Um, they said it's a German word, but I don't believe it. They said it's how they describe America right now. It's a, it's a klusterfolk. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. It's out there. <laughs> Would you agree with that, Jim? What with us? Yeah. Oh, come on, that's the price you pay for freedom. Just like he said, they're rule followers. So obviously, if they're lockstep, and you know, I mean, if if every, if they told every German to bring a cinder block, they probably wouldn't realize they were building a wall until it was done. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing. Uh, I still know some people in Germany. <laughs> yeah, he ain't playing though. I tell you that. Well, I mean, it it really depends on where you're at. Um, I mean, obviously, with with the way they implemented their response, and you know, I think, like I said, by by nature being rule followers, um, it went down pretty well. But even the rule following Germans got sick of it. I mean, it was you know, obviously there was still riots here. There was protesting here later on, um, because at, at what point um, for them it was like, hey, we've had enough of quarantine. You know, our businesses are suffering and our people are suffering. And, yeah, I mean, they, they got a lot more, obviously, in benefits uh, through the German government than, let's say, what American citizens have. But they obviously have a much smaller population uh, to, be able to, to be able to do that and be able to, to, to keep that going. But, um, yeah, I mean, there were, there were curfews in place. You know, of course, you know, the mask mandates and constant, you know, washing hands and sanitizing and things like that. But even they reached their limit and, you know, they, everything just kind of bubbled over. Um, I think the, the big one, at least for recent memory for me was Easter. Um, Easter, you know, they were going to impose a very strict lockdown uh, because for them, um, a large source of infections were coming through family gatherings. And when they um, said, hey, this is what we're going to do for Easter, strict rules, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. For, for those of you guys who have been in Germany, know people in Germany, uh, you don't really mess with Germans and their, uh, and their religious holidays at all. So uh, there was there was a lot of backlash to it. They they stepped back some of their proposed restrictions, and then they just put them in like a week later when there was a holiday. Hmm. Okay. 
I, another thing is like when you talk about the size of the population, I think a lot of people don't realize that Germany, you know, if you manipulated the uh, geographic size, not size, but shape, um, yeah. it can actually fit inside of Texas. Yeah, I believe you know so. I mean, yeah. So we yeah. have a lot more land. We have a lot more people. So, you know, the response can be different. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's apples and oranges sometimes. I mean, we can yeah. look at other countries, but it's really hard to, you know, narrow America into some model country around the world because we're nothing like most of them. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. That's why I say if you look at what the, uh, the states have done, then maybe it's better if you did that, but they have to abide by federal, you know, what the federal government says. So, yeah, I think, it's, like I said, a lot of people don't realize that. They just see it as a country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. being put against another country and that's it yeah. yeah so let me ask you this Johnny if you were we like to ask this question if you were king for a day especially since you've spent less than a day in the states in the last 8 to 10 years <laughs> <laughs> what, what is, what's one of the main things you would change oh, in the man. states in, in America in America I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's, it's, I, don't, I think that's, it's, that's a really tricky question only because like I said, I just haven't, I haven't been there to uh-huh. experience, you know, day-to-day life. I mean, I, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the last decade I've been, I've been uh, a vacationer yeah. you know, from, from, <laughs> yeah. from time to time. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Mm. What, if, what if you use it as a perspective from what others out there see? America as what would be the number one thing you'd tackle? Ooh, I mean, I definitely think we have a uh, a public relations problem. Um, you know, I mean, pretty much any anytime anything negative happens in America, it hits the news over here. Um, you know, because as as much as people really do hate it, um, you know, the world really relies on the United States for a lot of things. So a lot of the things that the U.S. does, I think the rest of the world kind of follows suit. Um, you know, anything from policies to, to economics. But um, on the flip side of that, like I said, anything that's negative that that hits the news, anything that's big enough to make the news internationally, uh, just it just seems like not necessarily how we're conveying it within the U.S., but how other news agencies are conveying it around the world. It. You know, just it just makes us look like a bunch of bozos. Mm. Wow. So you said looks like, not like that we are. Oh yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, hey, I okay. still I still love America for everything it is and isn't. You know, faults or not, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny just speaking with you know neighbors, um, you know other you know coworkers, you know folks, whatever. Just their their perspectives are are completely different, almost almost at odds with most American ideals. Mm. Okay, all right. So let me ask you this, man. If if you don't think that, like we said earlier, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. We got a lot of humming noise. Um, if you guys, well, if you, Johnny, don't feel like uh, defund the police is the right course of action, what do you think the uh, correct course would be? 
Oh, I don't know. Um, well, it's, it's, it, I know it's, it's it, you can't just narrow it down to just one yeah, thing, right? Yeah. So where would you begin? Where would you? Well, begin? I mean, look at look at my background, right? Um, I've been a trainer, an instructor, a developer for a long time, and I really think um, the application of training could go a long ways. But I mean. Even that in itself, um, I think, is not an insurmountable task, but it's it's a very it's a very high mountain to climb, you know, mm. to try and implement uh, different training standards, enhanced training standards, better training, or even just some training, you know, depending on the funding of the department. But even even beyond any kind of funding issues, I mean, just trying to get full time working officers into some type of training course when they're still trying to perform duties, mm. you know, that's, that, you know, that's, that's going to be difficult. So, you know, how do you, how do you create training around a schedule like that? That's still effective. I mean, I think that would be where I would go is try and do more training uh, depending on, you know, whatever the topic you know might, might be, whether it's, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, cultural sensitivity or, you know, uh, you know, restraint training. I don't, I don't know. I mean, whatever police officers are supposed to, supposed to have yeah. to, to help make them, make them better, but trying to create something that's effective that fits in with their, with their schedule. I think that's, that's going to be the biggest part. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with that. Yeah. I can't imagine they're much different than the military. Once, you know, we started cutting down on budgeting things. We just were doing missions. There was training was cut a lot. And I don't know how the Air Force, because I can only really speak for what, what would happen in the Army, but I saw it a lot. We were jumping from mission to mission to mission, and there was no training in, in between. And sometimes yeah. our training teams would get called off for missions because they didn't have enough people to fill missions. So even training was, like, whittled down to a skeleton crew. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think – I, I mean, and I agree with that statement uh, because I think, honestly, a lot of the stuff was learning on the fly. I mean, there were – you know, eventually established training program, but it doesn't mean everybody was getting it. Um, you know, just, just right. an example, what's supposed to be the base training for when guys were coming in Afghanistan was RSOI, right? right. You know, rollover, counter ID, mm-hmm. rule of law, escalation of force, all that good stuff. Yep. And I mean, you know, you, you give them that training the day after they arrive in country after that, after that international flight, like half of them are sleeping, half yep. of them don't want to be there. So, <laughs> and we know, I think, I think you hit a good point there is the training exists. And I think one of the things I've seen in the military, not that I've ever done this, but you know, sometimes they pass around some sign in sheet and people are just signing stuff. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, we attended this. Oh yeah, we did this. You know, it would be to somebody's eyes above. Oh yeah, they're doing all this training. Look how great they are. But in reality, they're not really doing any of the training. So I've seen yeah. that a bit. Maybe even Mike. I don't know. I've seen Mike. Yeah, I mean, we're speaking about the Army, but the only part I disagree with, and I might be wrong here, but how can you mention training and Air Force in the same breath? I don't understand that. I just don't. (laughs) don't. That's different. Yeah, I I think. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, hey, I was in the Air Force. They they normally actually give us a, a battle buddy that'll go to the training for us, and we just get the quick, quick notes later. So. There you go. Makes it easy. That Same makes time. sense. 
it's, 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 they call it something different. I think it's like a ice cream social. They call it or something. I'm yeah, not sure what yeah, those are great. Oh, and it, let me just tell you this, John, Johnny, that um, you know we've been overseas. We've traveled a lot, right? I know you're in the Air Force. You did the same thing. But when Jim talks about that, he he has gone to Hawaii. That was it. That's that's, that's, that's his overseas tour right there. That motherfucker. <laughs> he went to Hawaii. He had a hard time. As a military police. You see this jealousy that's, coming out. Like it, he he just took away half of my resume completely just to say I went to Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, all I'm saying is, as long as you know, whatever you're doing, your MP stuff is playing playing the Hawaii Five O theme song, then you're good. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, no, no, none of that stuff over there. <laughs> no Hawaii stuff in Hawaii. That's only in America. <laughs> you know the kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, Mike's but just hey, jealous. Um, yeah, I told you I don't hide my jealousy, man. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to share something with Johnny because. He, he he pulled his when he was a uh, he pulled his out on me, so to speak, when he was in in uh, Afghanistan. Uh, so dangerous. Be, because I know this right? is a kid friendly show, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so now I have to. I'm not gonna say one up him, but I'm gonna show him. I have a damn good friend, very very good friend named Jim Botron, right? And we had a a, a good kind-hearted debate one time and so he sent me this in the mail oh there we go <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't uh, wait to get you on the show because you pulled I'm out the you. other one on me and yeah. everything <laughs> yeah my wife my wife gave me my black card when we got yeah. married <laughs> yeah he actually gave he showed me his black card jim i was like what the oh like, wait, wait till it's i laminated and everything so i can't even be revoked I'm good yeah. nice. but obviously it was handmade it wasn't factory made because right you know <laughs> nobody gonna print that in the factory right right <laughs> and, and black people i don't think they know how to find the factory right isn't that it oh, is no, it right next no. to the voting booths Oh like, yeah, they 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 won't be able to find that. No. Or the driver's license place? <laughs> it's somewhere right near there, so they wouldn't be able to find it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but oh, that's all I got, Jim. You have anything else? Uh, no, no, I am I'm content. These Air Force guys, they're hard to talk to sometimes. Cause, you know, I know they lie a lot when it's training. Yeah. 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 Just okay. all kinds of stories, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Their their <laughs> stories are all about drunken barracks things. You know what I mean? <laughs> You, yeah, probably saw, you probably saw more combat-related stuff in your other job as far as from your military, huh? Um, I mean, yeah, normally when uh, the Army guys are getting fist fights, we just kind of got to back away and let them go at it. So, Hey, <laughs> l- let me tell you. I'm going to tell you how it was in Hawaii just because Mike wants to hear it. Oh, but God. in Hawaii, we had all four branches there. So I actually w- I was a death sergeant down at Fort Terusi, which is in Waikiki. It's right there, you know. And we saw all the branches come in. And you talk about the Army guys, but the Marines were my favorite because the Army guys were just stupid drunks, right? The Marines were like, they were mad, angry. They could tear a building down. And then you put them in the cell. They're spitting at you, calling your name. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, your gunny's on his way. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) And even if they weren't like that, when gunny showed up, they were like that. It was hilarious. We didn't encounter a lot of Air Force guys because they didn't. I mean, they didn't really have to go out and party. The party was always there at the Air Force base. 
Yeah. I, I pulled over one Air Force guy for drunk driving. And he was not drunk. He had to slur his speech, everything. And he was yeah. not drunk. Put him on the breathalyzer. It said orange juice. He didn't have a lick of alcohol in him. <laughs> and he, he knew he was weaving, and he did the old, oh, I was reaching for him. And he had to slur yeah. speech, called his uh, supervisor down, and the supervisor came down and said, yeah, yeah, we this, this is not the first time. Because of the slur speech, and he's so nervous doing all the field sobriety tests. Yeah. Yeah. Not, a, not one bit of alcohol in the system. That was the last one I pulled over. That's some Thanks. special stuff the Air Force is issuing. Yeah. Yeah, they know how to hide. Class five. Yeah. Spice and bath salt. That's all we need. What do you say? Spice and bath salts. That's all we need. Spice oh and God. bath salts. <laughs> Still got the recipe down. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we, we do at the end of our, our, our episodes, we, we call it Pull the Pin Ready. Um, it gives you a chance to pull the pin on something you want to pull. I mean, it kind of goes inside with... Uh, what you do for king of king of the day or whatever, but uh, this is where you can just pick any random thing, cereal boxes, you know, bathroom etiquette, whatever you, and just pull the pin on it, be done with it. So you got the floor. We'll let you pull the pin, then we'll close this out. Oh man, um, I would say something that's very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I would like to pull the pin on bro bets. Uh, it's just this entire culture that I've noticed, uh, especially through social media, there's these, these dudes with like these, these fake outrage and just that, that entitled mentality. Like, Oh, I was in, you know, you have to, you have to have respect for me and arguing with people online over it's Memorial day, not veterans day. It's like, shut up. Just shut up, dude. Like, you did your time. You're probably a douchebag when you're in. It means you're still a douchebag while you're out, most likely. So get over it, man. Just get over yourself and, you know, just be proud of what you did. And, and that's it. Somebody thanks you for your service on Memorial Day. It's their bad, bro. Whoops. I have to agree. Yeah. I just I told I'm not dead yet. Yeah. It's just I don't, yeah. I don't get with the big. They're trying to do a good thing. Yes, you know it's kind of like uh, somebody saying, uh, uh, "What was the other one doing the holiday season?" Oh, Merry Christmas! I don't celebrate Christmas. All right, damn motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) Somebody just trying to be nice to you, you know. So somebody say, "Hey, thank you for your service." Yeah, it's Memorial Day, not Veterans Day. Well, damn. All right, I'll see you on Veterans Day. Wish you nothing, nothing. I was about to say something bad. I was about to say something bad, but no, no. But yeah, that's a good one, though. That's a good one. Appreciate that, Johnny. All right. You, you got anything, Jim? No, no, I'm content. That's 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 good. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Johnny, for showing up. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me today. I, I appreciate it. This was fun. Jim, Jim is one of those guys that don't like it. That's that's what the problem is. But no, no, I don't. I, I think it's sad that people don't know the difference. But anytime somebody wants to thank me for my service, but then again, in reality, I do feel awkward sometimes when I when people do that. Like, what is your response when people say thank you for your service? Oh, I get no, thank sometimes. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I mean, that's, all. that's, that's what all I, I've, I've got to. But it's it's almost like, well, well, thanks for staying here. 
Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell him. Like, thanks for trying to sleep with my wife. I mean, like, what, you know, what do you say? Like, oh, God. I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm and done. that is all the time we have for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you come back. We hope you come on to the website, www.pullupinnerady.com. Get involved. Get on the show. And like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Until next time, Godspeed. Hey, and pull the pin. <laughs>